You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 283, Keys to Unlocking Your Destiny, Part 2. Last week we started this series dealing with destiny, dealing with unlocking our destiny. I think uh, now more than ever this is such an important thing to discuss because I'm recording this in 2020, in August of 2020 to be exact, Um and you know this is this is a tough year, and and, and people are being um, battered by the waves of life. People are dealing with adversity like never before, and yet we still have to understand that we all have a destiny that God has called us to. Um, our purpose in life hasn't changed just because we have a tough year. Uh, God's call on our lives, God's plan for our lives, hasn't. <laughs> hasn't changed just because we have a tough year. It's not like, you know, God's in heaven surprised about what's going on. You know, he's not sitting up there wringing his hands going, oh, a pandemic? I had no idea. Um, You know, financial problems, racial tension. Oh, I had no idea. No, God's not surprised. And so I just want to kind of use this this, uh, several-part series just to kind of bring some encouragement, but also to give you a few thoughts of some keys that that you can take to apply to to unlock your destiny or to um, keep moving forward towards your destiny. And um, the the passage of Scripture that we're working out of is from uh, Matthew 16, verses 13 and 19. And I'll read that, and then we'll kind of jump in. Uh, It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So last week we started this series by talking about the importance of knowing who Jesus is. And, you know, the reality is, if you've studied philosophy, um, if you've you've been through some help self help courses, um, you've heard some motivational speakers speak. You know the question usually that they start with is who am I? And you know that's a valid question, but it's only valid after we understand who Jesus is, 
because it's very difficult for me to understand who I am and what God's called me to do unless I understand who He is, at least have a relationship with Him and, and, and have some understanding of who He is and what He wants to do in my life. Because, you know, the reality is I can create a plan for my life, but if it's not God's plan, if it's not what God has, then I'm just wasting my time. And how many people waste precious years pursuing things that they never should have pursued? And and look, I get it. Trial and error is great. You know, there's there's a time and a place to try things and to pursue things and to, to see if it sticks and to see if it's right. But for for, for for all of us, if we will grab hold of this idea of understanding and getting to know who Jesus is, it makes it so much easier for us to find out who we are. So who is Jesus? And then once we find out Jesus, who Jesus is, he tells us who we are because that's what he does with Simon Peter here. Simon Peter says, you're the Christ. As we said last week, that that's the, the chosen one, the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And, you know, and once Jesus realized that Simon knew who he was, he said, well, that let me tell you who you are. You are a rock. That's actually what Peter means, Petros. Um, you're a rock, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And then he talks about the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And I want to just over these next couple of episodes, talk about these keys. And and I believe, you know, Jesus doesn't tell us what these keys are here. He says, I'm just giving you some keys. But I believe the rest of Scripture gives us a really good idea of what some of these keys are for the kingdom of heaven. And I want to talk about a few of these keys and how they can help us unlock our destiny or keep moving forward towards our destiny. Do not go away. We will be right back. I just want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Climbing Out of the Ruins. This is volume four in my fictional series, um, action-packed. Some folks even say that volume four is probably the most intense of the series. I've had Readers tell me that volume four was so fast-paced, there was so much action, that there were a few times they actually had to just put the book down and get their breath. And I love that because um, I think it's such a great story. So check out, I've been highlighting um, for the last several weeks each of the books in this series. Climbing Out of the Ruins is uh, volume four of the Zombie Terror War series, uh, really, really exciting and interesting series. Most people say this is probably the most unique and different spin that they've seen placed on the whole zombie genre. And, you know, I'm a career police officer, so there's a real heavy um, uh, emphasis on on the police and, and, and military and weapons and shooting and, you know, some great action scenes. But there's also a really, really sweet romance in um, started in the last one and then kind of carries over into this one that I think you'll really enjoy. So by all means, check out Climbing Out of the Runs. Like I've said, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm giving, you know, kind of a, a, a bit of a prequel. And I think I said this is volume four. This is actually volume five of the series. 
But what I'm doing is I'm trying to, you know, give a give a little bit of emphasis to, to the novels because I'm getting ready to release another novel, probably within just another month or so. I mean, we're getting it ready. The the manuscript's done. We're revising it and editing it and getting it getting it prepared. So look for that. But I just wanted to get you ready. So click on the link. Go to Amazon. You can read. Um, you know, probably at least a, cha- at least a chapter or so for free. Check it out. I know you'll love it. Well, all right, let's jump back in. We're talking about keys of the kingdom. Keys, keys of the kingdom. Jesus said, Peter, now that you've realized who I am and I've told you who you are, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Well, what are these keys? Well, I'm going to give you a few of them and, uh, We'll probably carry over into next week. But the first key is faith. Listen, faith is so important in our lives. In fact, listen to what the, the writer to the letter of the Hebrews, the, the, the letter to the Hebrews, the, the writer said this in chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Wow, did you hear that? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Now, faith is so important that we're told we can't even please God without it. And you know, this is interesting because in society and sometimes even in the church, we get this idea that if I'm just sincere, that that that's good enough. Um, if I'm just a nice person, that's good enough. If I'm just sweet to those around me, that's good enough. Um, You know, I I think we forget that the Bible tells us what it takes to approach God. And here it says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So why is faith so important? Well, faith is the currency of the kingdom. Just as, as in this world... Um, we have to have money in our bank accounts or in our pockets if we're going to go to the grocery store. Um, in the in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, faith is the currency of the kingdom that we live by. Just as I'm not going to go to the grocery store without money, or at least knowing that I've got money in my account, so when I swipe my debit card, those groceries are going to get paid for. In the same way, I can't come to God unless I have faith. I'm not going to receive anything from God unless I come in faith. And again, in some some circles of Christianity, this is looked at, you know, it, it, it as being incorrect. This is bad theology. Well, no, no, this is this is right out of the Bible. Um, just being sincere is not going to get you anything from God. But coming to God in faith is going to get his attention. And, you know, I heard somebody say one time, he was talking about faith, and he said that faith is what we use to take hold of God's blessings. But then they took it a step farther. They said, God doesn't answer vague prayers. And, you know, we talk about faith, but we talk about faith in conjunction with our our relationship with God and with with our prayers and um, and, and in connecting with God. And, And I think we need to understand that you know, faith is not just some general nebulous concept that's floating around, you know, inside of us. And um, faith is one of those things that we need every single day of our lives. Trusting God that He's in control of my family. 
trusting God that He's in control of my health, that He's in control of our finances, He's in control of what's going on around us. Having our trust in God. And you know, today, and again, August 2020 is when I'm recording this, with all the craziness in the world around us, we need faith more than ever. Because if you turn on the news or if you just get on social media, there's this spirit of fear that's permeating our society. There's tension, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's worry. And, and I'm not even talking about the news. God forbid we watch the news. And I'm not saying put our heads in the sand. I'm a news junkie. I love watching the news or at least reading it online. But I also understand that the reason um, you know CNN exists and MSNBC exists and Fox exists is to make money. They're not in it to, you know, they're not nonprofit organizations. They are for-profit organizations. And the way they make money is by peddling fear. Very seldom on the news do you see positive, uplifting stories. Sometimes on the local news you might. But on the national news, international news, it's fear-mongering. It, it's, it's feeding the fear. So the reason I say that is, now more than ever, we need to cling to God with faith. Trust Him. Believe that He's in control. And then when we start talking about approaching God, we come to God specifically and not vaguely. Remember, God doesn't answer vague prayers. And so when we're talking about keys that unlock the kingdom, keys that unlock our destiny, the keys of the kingdom... These, the, this key of faith only works when we operate in a specific way. So what I'm saying is, you know, when you're talking about your destiny, when you're thinking about your destiny, how does faith work? Well, what are you praying for specifically? What action steps are you taking towards seeing your destiny fulfilled? You know, I, I had lunch recently with someone who was just trying to figure out what to do with their life. This person's in their 30s and just not really sure. And you know, the, the action step that I gave was to do one thing. They were considering going back to school and maybe getting a degree in something that interested them. And so the action step was just do it. Just register. What, what, what are they going to be out? Maybe a few bucks and, and then realize it's not for them. But you know, faith and action go, in, go together. And it's often when we move that God moves. You know, too often we're praying and saying, God, do this, God, do that, speak to me, speak to me. And God's saying, take a step, take a step. So faith is the first key of the kingdom. The second one, the second key to the kingdom is generosity. Generosity. Listen to this verse. This is from Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, generosity is one of those things that makes us a bigger person. Think about it for a second. You know, we all like to be around that person who's generous. That person who is just kind and you know you go out with them and they won't ever let you pay and that person who who you know is 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 working behind the scenes to give and to help others and they're just generous. We love to be around generous people. 
And, you know, I want to be one of those people, and I'm sure you do too. But the reason generosity is a key for the kingdom is it unlocks God's blessings over our lives. And, you know, we talk about unlocking our destiny. Well, that's part of what we're talking about here. Unlocking God's blessings unlocks our destiny. This is why in in, in the context of the local church, we talk about people within our context learning how to serve. Because when they begin to serve um, and being generous with their time, which is essentially what we're talking about here, when they become generous with their time, um, their life becomes bigger. And as they begin to um, commit to building God's house, He begins to build their lives. It's, It's a beautiful thing. We see it all the time. But when we're talking about generosity, we're talking about our time, we're talking about our talent, and we're talking, of course, about our treasure, about our money. And generosity is one of those things that enlarges our heart. It makes us bigger people, but it also puts us in tune with what God is doing. Several years ago, at church, a a person came to me after the service and asked me to pray for them. And they said they were struggling to hear God's voice. They said, I'm just, I have trouble discerning God's voice. I, I don't hear Him speaking anymore. I used to hear God's voice, or I used to sense God's voice when I read the Bible and when I prayed. And they said, it's been months since I heard God speaking. And I said, oh yeah, well that's, yeah, definitely, let's pray. But I just kind of had a sense of something, and I asked him, I said, what, what was the last time you heard God speak? What did, what did He say? And we were in the process of raising money for uh, to, to do some additions for our church building. And they said, well, you know, several months ago, I, I really felt like God impressed on me to give a special offering. And I said, oh, okay. I said, did you do that? And they hung their head and then started laughing. They said, no, I wonder if that has anything to do with me not hearing God's voice. And I just kind of shrugged. I said, you know, <laughs> if you haven't done the last thing he told you to do, I, I don't know why we would expect him to keep speaking. Um, so, you know, look, that's just a thought, just a thought. So generosity, you know, this person felt months before that they were supposed to give a special offering. They didn't do it, and it shut down the voice of God in their life. So what I'm saying is when we are generous people, when we're those people that God can bless and entrust resources to, then we see God blessing those people in so many other ways as well. You know, some of the the most mature Christians that I know are also the most generous. And, and you know, when we, when we talk about generosity, the first thing so many Christians want to challenge is, oh, well, you're just talking about that prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel at all. I'm talking about me being generous with what God's given to me. If He wants to bless me back, awesome. I'll take everything He wants to give. But it starts with us being generous with what God's given to us. And the reality is, I can't outgive God. Um, you can't outgive God. And, and God loves to bless His people. He loves to bless His children. So generosity is such a powerful key to the kingdom. If, if you're having trouble unlocking your destiny and you're not sure what, what you're supposed to be, one of the things I would just challenge you to do is, is take a look at you know, we talked about faith. Okay, where's your faith level at? How are you doing on that? Um, you know, what what are you doing to increase your faith? What are you doing to build your faith? You know, faith's like a muscle. 
Um, I went to the gym this morning. I go to the gym every day, and, and I try to build some muscle. And the way I build muscle is by exercising. Well, what's your faith muscles? How, how are you exercising those faith muscles? And then in generosity, how are you doing in the area of generosity? What's your level of giving financially? What's your level of giving? Are you giving a percentage? Um, are you tithing? Are you giving over and above the tithe? Um, are you giving to charities? What, what is it? How are you demonstrating generosity in your life? And we're not just talking, of course, about finances. What about your time? Where are you serving? Where are you serving? How are you spending your time? You know, God has entrusted that time to you, just like He's entrusted the finances to you. How are you using it to serve others? And then, of course, you know, we mentioned treasure and time, but we also need to be generous with our talent, with our gifts. How are you using the gifts that God's given you? Uh, a friend of mine is a, uh, a cameraman for a local uh, TV station. And, you know, that's what he does for a living. And yet he devotes several hours a week to working in the production department of our church. He's using his talents. Um, I could go down the, I could just give you person after person that I know that's using their talents to serve in the local church or in some other way to help build God's kingdom. So, how are we being generous with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure? Well, I'm going to wrap it up there. Next week, we'll come back and we'll, we'll finish up um, with a few more keys to the kingdom. But I hope this is helpful to you. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. If you want to email me, it's just david at davidspell.com. Um, I love to stay in touch. Uh, I encourage you to subscribe. Um, you can just drop your email in the uh, box at the upper right corner on my webpage. And uh, it's just a great way for us to stay in touch. And like I say, drop me a line, leave me a comment, let me know what you think. And by all means, let a friend know about leading and learning. Well, thanks so much for being with me. And I will see you next week on Leading and Learning. Mm-hmm.